Hey, hello there and welcome to the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. I am Vlad and we have a very special interview here at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference. And I'm sitting next to Aliyaj and he is the CEO and co-founder of Bolt Explorer. Or Yeah, that's correct. Yes, I said that right. Perfect. And you're also the founder of a meetup from Bitcoin Ljubljana. Yes, that's true. And I watched your presentation, and that's the reason why we are shooting this interview. And you mentioned lots of criteria for determining how your node is going to perform on the Lightning Network. And you also established a pyramid, and you made a joke about Bitcoiners being used to pyramid schemes. Yeah, I tried to uh, have a humor uh, angle to my presentations. Uh. At least in general, but yeah, the pyramid is called the uh, Lightning Pyramid of Needs or Lightning Nodes Pyramid of Needs. Yes, and basically, what I think is very useful in this interview is for people to figure out when their Lightning node is going to perform well, route. Everyone, I guess, starts running their Raspi Blitz or their Umbral node, thinking that they're going to make a lot of money routing Lightning transactions for others, and then they get disappointed. Yeah, that's that's the dream of every new lightning enthusiast that comes into the space, earning yields self-custodially on their nodes. But then, as you mentioned, reality is most of the time different. Of course, there are lots of plebs running profitable nodes, but the majority of them are not profitable because, as it turns out, this is quite complex to run and you have to be aware of a lot of things that that are happening in the network and actually it's a part-time job to <laughs> manage the node if you want to do it properly or at least it depends on several different things but uh, it's sadly not as easy as uh, people would want to but it's also one of the reasons why we started this company to actually in the long term eliminate the complexity of managing nodes and just provide the software for people to actually do that uh, automatically. Right. So what is the most important when you run a Lightning node? Is it the liquidity that you provide? Is it the quality of the connection? Is it availability? Well, the answer to that is it depends. It depends on what you're trying to achieve with your Lightning node. Are you using it as a personal wallet? Then you have completely different uh, requirements than, I don't know, as an LSP or a merchant node, or if you want to earn as a routing node. So the... We should start this from the point of what you're trying to achieve. So as a personal wallet, you just need something that's good enough and you don't want to manage a lot of Bitcoin on your Raspberry Blitz at home. You just need enough to pay for your beers or whatever you're buying with Lightning. But as we turn to different, and also as a person on a personal note, you don't necessarily care if maybe you have some downtime or things like that. But if you're a merchant I don't know, selling a Bitcoin swag on the internet, then you have different needs. And that's where liquidity and your uptime becomes the most important. Because if you don't have any incoming liquidity, you're not able to sell any shirts. And that, that is bad, both for you and the Bitcoiners that don't have t-shirts. And then if we go to other setups like routing nodes, then of course, I mean, uptime is important for everyone, and so is liquidity, but what kind of liquidity? As a lightning node, you want to generate yield, uh, basically, from your Bitcoin, so either through selling channels or through routing fees. The 
requirements are basically the same. You want to deploy your capital efficiently. So basically, you with deploying to Lightning Network, Bitcoin pr becomes a productive asset. But you need to actually make sure that the Bitcoin that is deployed into the network is being productive for you. Because if you just uh, open channels, but they are not routing anything, you just uh, basically trade at a risk for no reward. So you moved your Bitcoin from cold storage to a hot wallet, but you're not getting anything in return. That is generally not a good use case. And you also pay fees, so you're going to yes, have less Bitcoin. that as well. <laughs> So let me tell you what I tried to do, and you can tell me what I did wrong. Okay. Basically, I wanted to become a, a routing node. And I bought this Raspi Blitz, which is run on a Raspberry Pi 4 with an SSD, a nice metal case. I bought also a UPS because I know that having constant energy into your node is very important for the uptime. And then I just started opening channels with people I like. I ended up joining Rings of Fire, which is an yeah, the community. A community organization of sorts where you basically form circular structures with other members yeah. with the same amount of liquidity. And I also joined Lightning Network Plus, which was something very similar, basically a group of people who open channels with each other. Yeah, I know. But I discovered that I was making like maybe I was routing 10 transactions a week, and that was underwhelming. And that's when I realized, okay, my channels might not be large enough. Yeah, that's definitely one of the cases. But uh, where you position yourself in the graph is very important, but it's also very hard to figure out where to do it. Because uh, the way, basically, you have a couple of ways how to earn fees in Lightning Network. Either you're hyper-connected and providing good connectivity and, and hopefully you have like bi-directional traffic through all of your channels uh, so you don't spend too much on rebalancing, but that uh, that's usually a rare case or you have to have a lot of Bitcoin to deploy that many channels. The other use case is you position yourself somewhere where there's liquidity demand and you can charge higher fees, but you have some drains on the other end that will just, I don't know, maybe exchanges or something like that, that will instantly use up your liquidity and then you either close the channels or open them again or try to rebalance. But it usually doesn't make sense to rebalance uh, those channels. So what you did wrong is probably a lot of things. <laughs> but for starters, it's good that you bought an UPS and everything, but... Still, are you running Tor only node or? Uh, yes, it's Tor only. Of the, course, I don't want to dock my location, my ISP. Yeah, that could be one of your problems because I mean, Tor is great, but not necessarily uh, the most efficient way for like big routing nodes because you, as I mentioned in my presentation, having some predictability in payments is good and Tor is not great with the response times and from the testings that we did at our company you can add like orders of magnitude in latency if you have a couple of Tor hops in between so instead of I don't know the hop taking 200 milliseconds it can take 20 seconds uh, in that case so that's not really a user experience anybody wants well 
paying something in real life. Maybe you're happy to wait those 20 seconds if you're paying something online. But if I'm ha having to have a stare down with a barista waiting on my coffee, hoping that the payment will <laughs> go through, that's an awkward situation that not everybody <laughs> wants to be in it. I can only imagine people getting into awkward situations with their baristas because of some guy in Romania running his node on tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's only fun for the first five times. <laughs> so I really have to ask you at this point, do you think that the future of payments and lightning is on home run Raspberry Pis? No. <laughs> This is going to be a bit controversial, but I don't think that the payment network of the future is necessarily being run on home-hosted Raspberry Pis over Tor. It's great that we have that option and that people are using their Bitcoin self-custodially, but having a backbone payment network built like that is not going to be the case. And we just recently, Mempool Space released... I report how much uh, nodes are hosted or how much capacity is hosted on different cloud platforms. And I think like the norm will be that the majority, like the bigger lightning nodes that are, are, uh, will be providing the backbone of the network will definitely be cloud hosted or at least in some data center somewhere where you can have redundant uh, internet connectivity, redundant power, like the whole industry still needs to step, make a step or two towards more enterprise in architecture of things. Or like yes, implementations are slowly moving towards like providing high availability services and things like that. And speaking with companies in the ecosystem. This is what everyone is missing because, like, yes, we want reliability, but you currently either you have to hack away and do some custom setup or you just don't have it. And we need to start providing enterprise level tools, even though we're all pirates and <laughs> uh, hackers and cypherpunks. Like, if we want to onboard the next billion people, we will have to provide a level of services that actually can on board one billion people. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own? It is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallet, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units, which grant you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the mega coin joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify. CryptoSteel are innovators in Bitcoin cold storage. Back in 2013, they launched the CryptoSteel cassette, which made it easy to back up your seed phrase, passphrase, or any other form of private key 
on the sturdy metal which resists water, fire, and earthquakes. Today, CryptoSteel offers the Mother Load, an all-in-one box which endows you with everything you need to become financially sovereign. Inside of the Mother Load, you get a CryptoSteel capsule and a hardware wallet of your choice. All CryptoSteel products are engineered and manufactured in Poland. Order your CryptoSteel metal backup system today on CryptoSteel.com and use promo code BTCTKVR at checkout for a 10% discount on your first order. CryptoSteel, secure your wallet seed phrase. Are you a writer, photographer, musician, or video creator who's trying to generate some revenue? Bumby is the Bitcoin way to monetize your content. It's more censorship resistant than any other platform of its kind with a low and flat one-time fee of 10%. Bumby is as easy to use as any social media mobile application. Sign up today at Bumby.com and subscribe for free to the Bitcoin Takeover account to get access to some time-exclusive content. If you are monetizing your creativity, why not get paid in Bitcoin for it? Bombi.com, the Bitcoin way to monetize your content. Shopping with your Bitcoin on the internet is easy. Shopinbit is Europe's biggest Bitcoin store with over 800,000 products, ranging from Bitcoin books, toothpaste, mobile phones, computers, and watches. This month, I bought a Nintendo Game & Watch console with the classic Legend of Zelda and it arrived in only 5 working days. And if you can't find what you're looking for, Shopinbit has got you covered. Their concierge service will get you anything and ship it worldwide. Additionally, they also have a travel hacking service that can get you the best deals on all things travel, flights, hotels, and more for business and for vacations. Bitcoin Takeover listeners get a nice discount, of course. Use code BTCTKVR on your first order for a one-time 5 euro discount. For more details, go to shopinbit.com. Shopinbit, Europe's biggest Bitcoin store. Right, so what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to run a node today and wants to earn some yield on the Lightning Network? routing other people's transactions. So you said that Tor is a bad idea because it adds latency. Do you think that VPN is a better option? Something like Mulvad running on your node or whatever? There are, and if we come back to the Mainport Space report, there are definitely a lot of people who just use cloud instance for public IP and then have VPN connection to their node. So they're not doxing their home IP. So that's one good use case here, but uh, I mean, th there are Tor routing nodes that are pretty big and pretty successful, so it is possible, but uh, I, I don't think it's extremely efficient in the long run because it uh, 
at least from the tests that we did, uh, it significantly impacts the whole payment flows. And yes, if it can go perfectly and you are not aware uh, that you made a hop through Tor or through several Tor, because Tor network is not always slow, but sometimes it's that slow. And th that's the problem, because if you can't reliably say, that, okay, th this will take less than three seconds every time, is it's not really a solution that people want, at least not like for mass adoption. Like there's the saying goes, if people have existing solutions to pay each other, depends a bit where you live and everything, but the solution to replace the current solutions will have to be 10 times better for people to start adopting it. So I think that having a predictable speeds and user experience is a big part of this uh, in the long term. I want to ask you about your pyramid right now. Yeah. And just in case you haven't memorized what's on it, I took a picture of it while you're making the presentation. I can even show it on the video part of the podcast. Yeah, I can send you the presentation or the original one if you want to include it. Right, so library, this is yeah, your so pyramid, yeah. if you want to look at it. Number one is reachability. Yes. It's an element yeah, that I, I think added. I memorized it. It would be sad if I didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so the number one at the bottom of the pyramid is uh, reachability. So what we already discussed uh, is basically your node needs to be reachable. Otherwise, you can't transact uh, on the next. So as you mentioned, you bought a UPS. So if your power dies, your node at least doesn't crash as badly. So you can <laughs> close the connections. But yeah, so and you have to have internet connection, which is also not usual, not necessarily the case with the residential internet providers. They can have some problems occasionally. So this is one of the differences. Uh, between like data center host hosted uh, node where you have uh, redundant internet connections and things like that. But yeah, re reachability is basically as lightning node, you have to have to be online 24 seven or at least if you want to accept payments. That's like, that's the base that was on the base of the pyramid. So the second one is reliability. So this is kind of related to reachability part, but it also includes like your some of your node management skills. So like if you want the lightning network experience to be reliable, which means like you will be able to achieve whatever you want, so pay or receive, you need to have channels open. Like you need mm -hmm. to make sure that at least one of your peers that you have balance with uh, is online at the time. So like if you're uh, just connected like for a personal wallet, maybe you don't have 10 channels, doesn't make sense. You opened one or two channels and like nodes go down, like the channels have problems, like nodes are being maintained or whatever. So you need to be aware that uh, at least one of your channels is currently working so that you can actually uh, accept or send payments or route payments, if that's the case, but that uh, for a routing node, you probably have more than a couple of channels. But uh, being uh, aware that uh, you're maybe connected to peers that are have bad uptime or are constantly going up and down is also something that impacts your uh, performance as a routing node, uh, because obviously you're not routing uh, 
through the nodes that are down. So uh, the next uh, level of the pyramid is predictability, which I've mentioned several times uh, already. It's basically having a level of service that you can expect uh, the same outcome every time, which means that you don't want to payment to go through in a second and the next one in a minute. You want to be reasonably sure that it will go through I know, less, in less than three seconds. So you, you know what to expect. Because currently, if you pay with the card, you know, I'm going to tap the card. It's going to take a couple of seconds. And so we need to make this experience at least this good, but preferably better. And in optimal scenarios, Lightning works faster and better than that, as we've already seen demonstrated with the Bolt card, for example. And this is basically the level of uh, where we want to bring the network. Because yes, QR codes are nice, but they work well on like paying on a computer or something like that. Like trying to pay a QR code with the sun behind you and like bad Wi-Fi and everything—it's just horrible. So we definitely have some potential improvements in terms of UX, but that's already getting there. So uh, the next one is uh, financial viability. As you, before you as a routing node become, become profitable, you actually at least want to cover your uh, costs. So not going to even start with the cost of the hardware and everything because that, that <laughs> becomes problematic. But let's just say you don't want to lose sets. So everything that you paid uh, for channel opening and channel closing fees you want to recover that uh, from fees. And of course, even if you're careful and only open and closing channels with like one set per byte, you still get foreclosures uh, at unfortunate times. So you can pay a lot of uh, sets for, uh, uh, for those foreclosures. Uh, so basically, we want to make sure that uh, your uh, fees will compensate for that, but also accounting for unexpected uh, unexpected events uh, like foreclosures and things like that. So that makes you financially viable. And then, of course, the holy grail, as you mentioned, is profitability. This is what we all want to achieve in the long term, but uh, there's a reason I mentioned holy grail, <laughs> because uh, it's not that easily achievable, especially if you start including hardware costs and everything. So, uh, for example, running uh, a node in AWS will cost you, I don't know, $150 uh, a month if you run a full node uh, and have proper backupping setups and things like that. So that's already a decent amount of sets that you need to <laughs> get uh, from your Lightning you node just to compensate for that. And then, of course, you had opening and closing fees and rebalancing fees, so that starts to add up. Right, so you provide consultancy in this regard, right? Or some tools that no, we, we are, What we're trying to build at Bolt Observer is basically creating a tooling aimed more for businesses than necessarily end users, but also for routing nodes that want to maybe have more professionalized tooling and not just play around uh, in the ecosystem. So we're trying to build tooling to remove some of the complexity in that uh, in management of lightning nodes. And that's like a, our long term plan is to 
remove human operators and automate that uh, and make it easier for people like you who want to earn uh, earn sets uh, self-custodial. Well, it's not just me. I guess a lot of people yeah. listening have <laughs> expectations from their umbrella or whatever. Yeah, definitely. But I'm not saying it's going to be possible for everybody because like, you probably won't uh, run a profitable node with 100k sets. <laughs> You're probably going to need a couple of Bitcoin to make that viable. Or you will have to be lucky enough to, I don't know, you have a merchant friend that needs inbound liquidity and you just open a channel to them and earn through that. Th that's a viable option. The space has success stories like Alex Bosworth, who tweeted about making like two Bitcoins from routing transactions. But he also has an unfair advantage because he's one of the people who codes like the reputation system for like yeah. nodes. But, but, and yours is uh, like one of the oldest nodes in the space. So and g given how the system currently works is like when the Lightning Network started gaining traction, everybody was connecting to the same nodes because first there was not that many of them and you got like great connectivity by connecting to it so it's basically self-fulfilling prophecy like the bigger node you have the bigger it will get because especially with all the scoring systems that we have in the ecosystem everybody's tried to game the, the scoring or get better ranking but it doesn't necessarily make sense because then just everybody's having the same connections and the same channels and nobody's really routing that much. So uh, I think when more economic activity starts uh, moving into Lightning, the, the way that people connect their nodes will be significantly different because it won't make sense that you're connected to the same 10 routing nodes, uh, but you want to connect where your economic activity is. So you want to connect uh, to your suppliers or to like local wallet provider or local community bank or something like that. So uh, that will potentially also make it easier for some people to run like a routing node for your village and or a town, whatever community size you want. But uh, so because I think the growth of the network will go towards the same way we have internet today. So we have like backbone of the internet, like fiber optics and everything. But then you have like local internet exchanges, regional internet exchanges, because it doesn't make sense to route, I don't know, a packet between us if we're neighbors through the entire world. And it also doesn't make sense to <laughs> route a payment through the entire world if we're next door to each other. Mm -hmm. So we want the closest and minimum amount of hops possible. So where I think that's going to be start to reflect in how the network grows when more and more real economic uh, activity moves to the network. You also have an explorer which provides information. And I know that, for example, mempool.space also launched something similar, which provides data about the existing channels. How are you different from this point of view? And why, why do you think companies or individuals should, should come to you to seek advice on how to optimize their lightning activity? That's a good question. Uh, initially, we basically built Explorer for ourselves because our first uh, product that we launched is reachability monitoring. So we basically, you can add your own node and we will uh, test if you're reachable over a lightning network. If you have Tor, we will check if you're 
Tor connectivity works. If you have IPv4, IPv6, we will check that and notify you if any of those is not working. For example, if you misconfigured your firewall or something like that, or your Tor daemon died, which it's known to happen. Uh, but uh, as we're, de we're deploying uh, our own nodes that actually do the checks, we wanted to have the best coverage uh, of the network from different angles or different points of the graph. So we started building tooling for ourselves because we, as a data-driven startup, uh, we, we collect all the network graph and everything, but we're also adding uh, like our own let's call it proprietary. So for example, you can, in our explorer, you can select, this is my node, so show me only nodes that are more than three hops away from me. So this is very useful when you're uh, trying to find new potential peers. Like you, you don't want to connect to somebody you do, that you have, I don't know, 17 different paths to like your first two peers, with, which is what I basically called in the presentations your neighborhood. So, because this is where most of your activity is already happening and you're generally very well connected with the first two, three hops. So the, with this like filtering system that we have, for example, you can find nodes that are not that connected to you or that are in different parts of the graph. Uh, and we also provide other parameters like minimal channel sizes and other limitations like that. And we're doing periodic uh, latency scans as well. So you can also filter by that. So we're, we're trying to provide more like data-driven approach to an explorer uh, and potentially include that data into our future products as well. Uh, in terms of like suggesting where to deploy new Bitcoin in terms of channels and things like that. Uh, so that's what we're uh, trying to achieve with the Explorer. Is the data publicly available in the sense that anyone can watch it or is there like a premium model which provides you extra C stuff? Currently Explorer is, uh, all of our products are currently uh, uh, freely available and uh, Explorer and uh, the reachability will to be fully freely available later, but we are releasing some new features very soon, hopefully, that will be like a paid subscription model, more advanced features dealing with private data as well as uh, helping you manage in the node. How much private data can you get from watching a node on the network? No, none, basically. I mean, it uh, also depends what you consider private data, but what we are building now is actually enabling uh, our uh, users to give us read-only access to their node and we can do then uh, channel balance alerting and things like that. So you can actually start to build like some operational awareness uh, around your node. So instead of randomly figuring it out that you can't pay, you can set an alert. Uh, I don't know if the balance uh, falls below 25%, uh, send me a telegram message. But if it falls below 5%, call this webhook and I will automatically rebalance on my side. Basically creating uh, actionable insights from the data that we have. And this is where we're trying to build the product in the long term. Interesting, but who's really interested in this kind of data? I know that data is valuable, but who specifically do you think wants access to all of this data? I mean, it's not necessarily about the access. It's more about just providing a solution to a company that doesn't necessarily want to 
onboard all the expertise in-house because currently, uh, let's say there's 18,000 nodes in the space. So if we're extremely optimistic, we can say that there's 5,000 Lightning node operators that are actually skilled. Probably that number is <laughs> significantly lower. But uh, anyhow, with, with the space growing, it's impossible to hire that uh, skill set. And if you're like a small startup just starting out trying to build an app on Lightning uh, Network, you don't want to waste resources managing all of that. And what we try to do is basically create a product that will eliminate all that complexity. So just you build your own node, you can host it at home or whatever you want. You take our uh, technology stack and we will take care of the complexity of managing uh, the Lightning node for you and you just build your own cool sheet on Lightning. Right, so I wish you good luck with your project and I hope it's gonna succeed and I don't know what else I can say, but I'm also curious to know about the Ljubljana Bitcoin scene. Is there a lot going on? Do you have meetups? Do you have shops that accept BTC as payment method? Uh, yeah, Ljubljana is pretty well covered with uh, shops uh, accepting uh, Bitcoin. I think we might have probably one of the most covered cities uh, in Europe because we have like a couple of big shopping centers that uh, all accept uh, Bitcoin and some various other things we won't talk about. Uh, but uh, and also the meetups scene, uh, we, we started with uh, Bitcoin Ljubljana meetups uh, last summer because there was a group of us that were basically were lightning operators uh, discussing things, grabbing beers, and we figured like, why are not we not making this public? Like it's mm -hmm. interesting, and let's invite more people. And now we have pretty good uh, crowd every month. Let's say between 40 and 50 people every month, and we cover various topics from more advanced uh, things like lightning. Since I've <laughs> run the meetups, there is a lot of focus on that. But also, we cover various different stories of like how people, for example, a couple months ago. There, a friend of mine was presenting how she was saved by uh, being able to basically sell her Bitcoin in Cuba when she uh, ran out of funds there and it was impossible to get uh, any fiat into the country. And stories like that or uh, onboarding people to the ecosystem. And so we try to cover as wide selection of topics as possible to help uh, community grow. And does it click to them? Does it make sense? Uh, yeah, we have people from various different backgrounds uh, and we've seen very, very uh, varied crowd, but uh, they become regulars because it's also a good way to just talk about uh, with people about the industry, meeting new friends. So I'm uh, very happy that the community is doing uh, well and growing. Do you believe that the communist experience is helping people understand Bitcoin better or understand the value proposition? <laughs> I'm not necessarily sure. We do have a lot of uh, discussions around this uh, in the meetup, especially after several beers, uh, because people come from very, uh, very different backgrounds and uh, not necessarily everyone uh, prescribes the entirety of Bitcoin philosophy. Uh, but... Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I think everybody has their own story, what Bitcoin means to them, what brought them to Bitcoin. And I don't necessarily think that 
we need to orange pill everyone to the extremes of following as a, as a religion. But Bitcoin can be many things to many people. Uh, I think during your presentation, you said something along the lines of enabling people to use Bitcoin without having to adopt also the philosophy behind it. Yeah, exactly. And that was specifically a remark for Lightning Network because Lightning Network essentially is a payment rail for the entire world. And yes, now it's the current stage and especially because, yes, we're all Bitcoiners. We love Lightning. We're geeks. We nerd out about this. But like for mass adoption, like nobody knows anything about money nowadays. And that's a bad thing. But also not necessarily everybody wants to take a deep dive for the next two years to learn everything about money or how they actually pay for coffee. They just want to pay for coffee. And Lightning can enable this experience to be better, smoother, self-custodial, whatever you want it to be. But we can build a lot of things on it. So, for example, TAR or stablecoins, all of that, not necessarily advocating for any of those solutions, but a lot, things, a lot of things can be built on Lightning. And in the end, I see that Lightning will basically be like internet today. You're not going on the internet. You're going to Twitter or whatever you want. So we, we should think about it uh, like that in the long term. You foreshadowed my next question because I was about to ask you, how do you see the future of Lightning? <laughs> Growing, definitely, but uh, we'll see. We have lots of new cool stuff uh, coming up uh, in the space, but uh, I guess time will tell. We need to, I strongly believe that we need to focus a lot on user experience and onboarding people and make it uh, as simple as possible to use Lightning and as another potentially... Uh, controversial opinion i don't think that everybody really needs to run their own notes i mean i for example will not try to convince my parents to run their own node because i they barely can uh, keep up with their passwords so that's the responsibility that not everybody is actually comfortable making uh, or taking on so i think there's a opportunity for many different solutions uh, either custodial community banking fediments there's layers on different kind of risk models here that uh, maybe some people are comfortable with, some don't. But we we need to just provide options uh, for people and uh, get them to use it, uh, and not necessarily mix the philosophy with the utility of the network. Oh, if you ask me, we should only make it easier for for people to run nodes, but that's, you know, we can have that debate over a beer somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think that will require a couple of beers. <laughs> Thank you very much, Aliage. It was Thank a you. pleasure to interview you and best of luck with your startup. Thank you. Are you concerned that your friends, neighbors or KYC exchange might know how much Bitcoin you own? It is time to take your financial privacy seriously with Wasabi Wallet, a free and open source wallet solution which makes use of mega coin joins to mix your coins with those of hundreds of other strangers. Thanks to the groundbreaking Wabi Sabi engine, your coins get divided in smaller untraceable units which grants you great anonymity for both huddling and spending. 
Download Wasabi Wallet 2.0 today at wasabiwallet.io and take advantage of the mega coin joins. It's free and it's open source, so don't trust Verify. CryptoSteel are innovators in Bitcoin cold storage. Back in 2013, they launched the CryptoSteel cassette, which made it easy to back up your seed phrase, passphrase, or any other form of private key on the sturdy metal which resists water, fire, and earthquakes. Today, CryptoSteel offers the Mother Load, an all-in-one box which endows you with everything you need to become financially sovereign. Inside of the mother load, you get a crypto steel capsule and a hardware wallet of your choice. All crypto steel products are engineered and manufactured in Poland. Order your crypto steel metal backup system today on cryptosteel.com and use promo code BTCTKVR at checkout for a 10% discount on your first order. Crypto Steel, secure your wallet seed phrase. Are you a writer, photographer, musician, or video creator who's trying to generate some revenue? Bumby is the Bitcoin way to monetize your content. It's more censorship resistant than any other platform of its kind, with a low and flat one-time fee of 10%. Bumby is as easy to use as any social media mobile application. Sign up today at Bumby.com and subscribe for free to the Bitcoin Takeover account to get access to some time-exclusive content. If you are monetizing your creativity, why not get paid in Bitcoin for it? Bumby.com, the Bitcoin way to monetize your content. Shopping with your Bitcoin on the internet is easy. Shopinbit is Europe's biggest Bitcoin store with over 800,000 products, ranging from Bitcoin books, toothpaste, mobile phones, computers, and watches. This month, I bought a Nintendo Game & Watch console with the classic Legend of Zelda and it arrived in only 5 working days. And if you can't find what you're looking for, Shopping Bit has got you covered. Their concierge service will get you anything and ship it worldwide. Additionally, they also have a travel hacking service that can get you the best deals on all things travel, flights, hotels, and more for business and for vacations. Bitcoin Takeover listeners get a nice discount, of course. Use code BTCTKVR on your first order for a one-time 5 euro discount. For more details, go to shopinbit.com. Shop in Bit, Europe's biggest Bitcoin store.